Hello and welcome to this episode of Bite Size Medicine. Let's quickly review Barrett's esophagus and esophageal cancer. Describe the gross morphology and histologic appearance of normal esophagus and compare and contrast them to that of Barrett's esophagus. Grossly normal esophagus looks pale and has the non-keratinized stratified squamous epithelium. Barrett's esophagus, which is intestinal metaplasia, not necessarily dysplasia, includes non-ciliated columnar epithelium of the intestine, small intestine, therefore it contains goblet cells. The gross appearance of Barrett's metaplasia is defined as patches of red velvety mucosa that extends upward from gastroesophageal junction. Compare and contrast the risk factors of the adenocarcinoma with that of a squamous cell carcinoma of esophagus. First, talking about squamous cell carcinoma, always remember to associate structural abnormalities with that of a squamous cell carcinoma. These structural abnormalities, of course, include esophageal webs in Plummer Vincent, uh, diverticula, and esophageal strictures. Remember anything associated with irritants and uh, ingestion of substance or nutritional issues such as nutritional deficiencies, again to a squamous cell carcinoma, and these include caustic substance ingestions of hot liquids, but also um, toxic substances such as alcohol and tobacco, and again nutritional issues such as nutritional deficiencies of vitamin A, zinc, molybden, as well as iron deficiency, anemia. On top of that, uh, remember there are possible risk factors for squamous cell carcinoma, including nitrosamines, polycyclic, uh, polycyclics, and as you mentioned, these mutagens in uh, fungus-contaminated uh, materials. You know that any type of squamous cell carcinoma of oropharynx is also associated with human papillomavirus infection. Okay, now uh, what are the risk factors specific to adenocarcinoma of esophagus? Of course, the most well-known one is chronic gastroesophageal reflux disease and Barrett's esophagus. Now, smoking is associated with which one of them? Remember, smoking is associated with both types of cancers. However, we tend to more commonly associate it with squamous cell carcinoma, while obesity, uh, together with GERD, are associated with adenocarcinoma. Now, what is the common risk factors to both squamous and adenocarcinoma of the esophagus? Achalasia and smoking. Especially if you heard the chewing of tobacco, that is another substance that's being consumed, such as alcohol and hot liquids and caustic substance. Therefore, chewing tobacco or tobacco use is associated more strongly with squamous cell carcinoma. Now, what are the epidemiologic data or racial association? Uh, adenocarcinoma is known to be the most common type of esophageal cancer in the United States, therefore we can connect it with white males, while the squamous cell carcinoma is the most common type worldwide, as well as the most common type among African Americans. So what's the simple management approach to a patient who has symptoms of esophageal cancer, such as the risk factors, weight loss, adenophagia, and progressive dysphagia initially to solids and later also to liquids? Uh, remember also GI bleeding and vomiting also possible. Well, the management approach for the diagnosis includes the best initial test, which is what barium studies. What is 
seen in barium studies, narrowing of esophagus and irregular borders. Is the most accurate diagnostic test after the barium studies, upper GI endoscopy, EGD with biopsy. This is required for the diagnosis, in other words, to establish the diagnosis. What is the next stage? Again, like all other cancers, we need to assess the extent of the disease. Therefore, we need CT or PET, as well as endoscopic ultrasound, EUS, for tumor staging. Why tumor staging is so important because that's the most important factor determining the prognosis. What are the best initial treatment approaches? Chemoradiation and surgical resection. True or false? Is Barrett's esophagus requirement, is, is its management requires resection? Yes. Uh, if there is high-grade dysplasia in Barrett's esophagus, it also requires esophageal resection. Remember, Barrett's itself is not dysplasia, and Barrett with dysplasia itself is not considered high-grade dysplasia. Barrett itself, per se, is a metaplasia. And always remember, for the further discussion of esophageal cancer management, we have the more... Uh, step two oriented discussion and lectures thank you